0: You are listening to the PT Profit Podcast for a very special episode, episode 300. And today I will be interviewing Beverly, and we are going to be talking about client acquisition and time management for business success. Are you ready? Let's get started. Welcome to a landmark episode of the PT Profit Podcast. This is episode 300. I'm Chris Little. I will be your guest host for this special edition. I was also your guest host for episode 200. So go ahead and check that out if you want to dive back into the vault of past episodes of the PT Profit Podcast. But today, we dive into the transformative journey of the last 100 episodes since that one was recorded back in November 2022. And we extract invaluable lessons for anyone passionate about growing a successful business in the health and wellness space. Our conversation today unfolds powerful insights on client acquisition, retention strategies, and mindset shifts necessary for growth and resilience. We also explore the nuances of time management and the impact of social media presence and setting visionary goals for the future. This episode is not just a reflection, but a treasure trove of practical advice and motivational stories. If you're looking for a blend of strategy, inspiration, and real-world experience, you're in the right place. So grab a seat, tune in, and don't forget to share your thoughts and takeaways with us on social media. Let's embark on this enlightening journey together. We have two
1: leaders on this call. Okay, let's go.
0: Okay, so welcome to episode 300. So for everybody that is listening right now, my name is Chris, and I will be guest hosting this episode. The cool thing is we did this again, or we did this the first time, episode 200, which actually took place November 3rd, 2022. So time flies.
1: I can't believe that.
0: Basically, we are going to kind of recap like the last 100 episodes and pull some of the lessons that have come up. But first and foremost, Beverly, how does it feel to have put out 100 episodes since episode 200?
1: I mean, it is mind-boggling to me that we have actually put out that much work. That means that there's over 300 hours of outstanding, in my humble opinion, educational content out there for someone who wants to start and grow a profitable business in the health and wellness space. And honestly. Someone asked me recently, they said, you know, if you weren't going to get paid to do this, would you still do it? And honestly, the podcast is is a reflection of exactly that because we show up day in, day out, three times a week. Sometimes we take season or we take breaks, but we're showing up day in, day out, investing our time, energy, effort, and our money to help more people. And it's just... That is, this podcast is a reflection of that for me.
0: That's awesome. Some of the things that I was kind of reflecting on as I was preparing for this episode was just kind of thinking about sort of what I'm hearing in the industry, what people are struggling with. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about was client acquisition and retention. So based on the conversations that you've been having with like accelerators and stuff, what would you say is like the most tangible piece of advice for someone who is telling you that they're struggling with client acquisition.
1: When you say client acquisition, are you talking about that? Are we talking, where are we in the customer journey? Can you define that for me? So are we talking about... pay Paid lead acquisitions, or are we actually talking about they have said yes to themselves? Because when we look at business, we're looking at the customer journey from people, prospects, and purchasers. And everything that we're doing is going to is going to fuel that intention. So when you say client acquisition, are you talking about from prospect to customer? Are you talking about people to customer?
0: I would say from people to customer.
1: Okay, so what I would say in terms of tangible advice is number one, let's get really clear on on these four things. Okay. Now, if you've known me for any amount of time, you're you're gonna hear me say like four things, and then it's really 15. But let me see if I can really just dial it into these four things. Okay. Number one, first it's gonna come from the decision to be an authority based on your current level of expertise. One of the biggest mistakes and misconceptions that I see people go through on a consistent basis is Th- that they're looking out into the space and they'll make decisions based on the current audience that they have based on what their colleagues are doing and then based on their their feelings of never being enough or feeling like they're an imposter. And then they make decisions from that place and they'll go and survey their audience. Well, what do you want to hear from me? But that's like asking your kids, what do you want to eat for dinner tonight? And they're going to tell you mac and cheese all day long every single day. So first, your decision to be in a your Your ability to be an authority first starts from the decision to be one and you get to live in the and, meaning that your level of expertise can continue to grow. That doesn't mean you can't help someone and you can't help someone now. So first, you got to get really clear on what it is you want to talk about all day, every single day. Day, Because then the second thing that we're going to talk about is that we need to get really clear on our conversion content system, meaning how are we every single day, whether it's going to be through paid advertising, whether it's going to be through knocking on doors in person, whether it's going to be posting content every single day, how are you using your messaging with the resources that you have to show up and be visible. Because when we are talking about growth, we're talking about visibility, value, and volume. And your content conversion system is going to give you the opportunity to be visible and to provide value. And it gives you the volume that is required to grow, whether you're growing audience or people, whether you're growing prospects, people walking into your store, or you're growing actual customers. So that's the second thing. The third thing, I swear, I'm going to give you two things and then I'm going to let you talk. The third thing that we need to look at is our leveraged our leveraged offer stack, meaning how can you leverage your time and your deliverables so without sacrificing client results? honestly and then uh, the, the last one that's going to be your hybrid sales system the volume component of asking more because the because the fact of the matter is that is that people need 8 to 14 touch points before making a buying decision and it's not our responsibility to convince them i'm not here to convince anybody of anything it's our responsibility to communicate the value and continue to offer the client the opportunity to say yes to themselves. Dial that in and do it in a way where it's pressure-free, permission-based, and let it take what it takes until it takes.
0: Now, I'm hoping that people actually like bookmark this episode or save the timestamps because this might come in handy. The reason why I think it could be so valuable is sometimes... I'll have conversations with colleagues and stuff and they, they're they just on the brink of quitting. And I'm wondering what kind of advice would you have for someone if they were struggling in their career and they were ready to just throw in the towel, but you knew that they were passionate, smart, educated coach and you knew the potential that they had. Like if they were going to just quit on the industry altogether, what kind of, kind of advice would you have for somebody like that?
1: Quitting. Okay, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that might be a little bit counterintuitive, <laughs> okay? Because you know a lot of times people look at quitting like it's a bad thing, like oh don't quit, we need to persevere, we need to quit, we, you know, quitting is for losers or whatever the undertone of quitting actually is. So the first and and for me, I just don't take that perspective because sometimes there are a lot of really good reasons to quit. And to quit things like I don't tell my daughters that they need to they need to people please and that they need to stay committed when they're in a toxic relationship. I don't let my daughters force themselves to do things that they don't want to do because so and so because some out, you know, external circumstance told them that they that it was a bad to quit. Okay. So the first thing that I would say to someone is that we need to look at our relationship to quitting and we need to look at a specifically why are we quitting? Because sometimes there are reasons to quit. I quit my my district fitness manager job. I quit it. I quit. I, I quit playing small. I quit, I quit, you know, trying to please everyone on the internet and try to you know, build a community of people that like me. And instead, I started to really communicate to the people who needed to hear, who who needed to hear from a loving place what their potential needed. Okay. So sometimes number one, we need to just really look at our relationship to quitting and recognize the things that like maybe, maybe it is time to quit. Maybe it's okay to quit. Okay. That's number one. Then number two, what I would say to someone is, is we need to really, you know, when we have those feelings of quitting, there's two things at play We and it's a loop. It's not one or the other. And what I mean by that is we usually, it usually stems from a thought and then the thought is fueled by the feeling. And sometimes the feeling it lives there and it continues to live there. And then the feeling fuels the thought. Oh, see, I, t- I took this action and then this is what happened. This means X, Y, Z. That means that, you know, I, I feel bad. So that means I'll never be able to do that. And then, then we just f- feeling which perpetual which perpetual thought compensator creates more thoughts. Like, oh, see, here's more evidence that you suck. See, here's more evidence that you should quit. Okay. So the the second thing, when when we know that, the second thing we're going to look at is we're going to pay attention to our feelings because pain means pay attention. And so feelings are kind of that signal of like, well, what's coming up? We need to notice it. We need to name it. What is that feeling, that sensation? When am I getting that feeling sensation. What's the thought that's causing it? And then we need to, and then we need to assess from there because sometimes, and I have done this so I can explain this. I I, so I know this. Sometimes there is disalignment in the strategy and in the structure that you are setting up. Okay. And that you're you're never going to build a successful business because someone forced you to DM a hundred people a day. You're never going to build a successful business when someone said, when someone said, or, you know, forced you to post a YouTube video every single day, but you really want a podcast. You're never going to build a successful business if, if you dread and hate more than the outcome, because the outcome moments are fleeting. It's just like getting into the best shape of your life. If we don't enjoy the process, we're never going to do it. So number two, you have to really be honest with yourself. What is in alignment with what I am willing to do? And then number three, you need to ask yourself, are we talking about uncomfortability? Because what you need to do in order to get to your next level is going to require something different, whether it's different action, whether it's a different perspective, whether it's a different identity, it's going to require something different and change is also going to require uncomfortability. And you have to get okay with being uncomfortable because if you're not, then we're not gonna change. Your brain won't let you. Your brain's way of being is homeostasis. That's why we'll sometimes live in acute trauma all the time because there is safety and comfort in the chaos. Okay. So number two, you need to, or so three have to identify is, are we talking about something that's uncomfortable or is, is it not in alignment? And then number four, once you are, you've really identified that for yourself. Okay, the last thing I'll say is that okay. So then, you know, once you've kind of noticed those feelings, you've really identified what's causing you to want to quit, and it's really just because there's some dis ease or some disalignment, or or you need move through uncomfortability. Then the number four is to just make a decision. And then go all in on the decision that you're making and then work within the constraints and capacity that are available to you. So what I mean by that is if you are wanting to quit because you are now days and you're just feeling completely bogged down by the perpetual, you know, cycle of of trying to generate new people and new prospects and new and new customers, then likely you have one of, you're missing one of the four systems that we just, that we talked about, you know, the leveraged fulfillment system, the conversion content system, hybrid sales system, and then your emotional regulation system. You're missing one of those. One of those is just not dialed in. And then, or we are, you know, and likely sometimes the mental load is way more expensive than we're giving credit. And there's attachment there. So, I mean, so many things could be happening in system number four, the emotional regulation. But regardless, once you identify those constraints of like, hey, this is my capacity. I'm going to work nine to three. It's going to be focused. These are the tasks I'm going to do in the context of the goal. And then let it be what it's going to be without attachment. Then, then it, that will help.
0: But I, mean, I basically
1: you- just told you how to lose 100 pounds in 30 seconds.
0: well like there's so many takeaways from that and like that kind of dives deeper into sort of like creating a more self-aware person but then from like the perspective of like how a person's building their business and how they're communicating everything within their business whether it be with like their team or with their clients what would be your most just easy to comprehend communication advice for people when it comes to their business.
1: So for me, if it was one thing that you're going to focus on, we're going to look at the 80, 20 rule. Now we hear this a lot. What is it? It's the perpeto principle. Is that what it is? What's it called? I can't remember, but I I always just think of it as the 80, 20 rule. Okay. Which is it. And we hear this a lot in nutrition. Okay. It, the context and the principle also works for business. And when you're thinking it, when you're breaking it down, 80% is the offer itself to the person it's for. So spend 40% of your time communicating that the value of the offer is so irresistible, it will sell itself. Look at the grocery store. Do you see anybody standing by the avocados being like, come get the best avocados of your life, two for one? No. There's no persuasive, tricky messaging, any of that. No weasel phrases, none of that. It's like, this is the offer, do you want it? And then the other 40% is who is this offer for? That's it. If you focused on those two things and only those two things consistently, then you can you can get your business to at least the first 10k but my per, my philosophy is that if you hit 10k you can hit 50 and most likely 100 as long as you have those systems dialed in if your fulfillment if your fulfillment system is dialed in and you're not working in the red because most coaches work in the red you can get your 10k a month to 100
0: When we are reflecting on the past 100 episodes or even the past 300 episodes, what is a conversation that changed your mind? Even if you can't remember the specific episode or guest, what is something maybe that you changed your mind on based on hosting your podcast and having all these really amazing conversations?
1: Changed my mind or changed my perspective on something? Okay, so two things. Okay. It, it was really two episodes that honestly have lingered with me for a very long time. Okay. And I wouldn't necessarily say that it quote unquote changed my perspective, but it did bring to light some bias that I had been operating from. And then some unconscious patterning that I, that was a good lesson reminder to me. So it was, it's Johnny's episode, Johnny Lang's episode. And then Deanna, I want to say her name is, she was the diet their episodes published back to back. Okay. And they were on nutrition and I recorded those episodes on the same day. And it was a powerful experience for me because they have very polarizing beliefs about how we should eat as human beings and their perspective on how we show up and communicate around food is completely different. It is completely opposite. And it was interesting for me because I think that, I think a couple things. I think one, we forget that our client is not inundated with fitness information the way that we are inundated with fitness information. They follow you and maybe Jordan Syat, or they follow you and they follow, you know, the rock and get their fitness information from from, you know celebrities okay? Or they follow, or they're like a really fancy fitness enthusiast and they follow like 10 people, okay? But that's it, 10. You are likely following 100, maybe 150. So we, as the professional, are inundated with our industry way more than we think our clients are, okay? However, we still are getting conflicting information about how we should and how we need to show up and fuel and eat and yada, 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 okay? We get that and that can be very confusing for our clients and yet we we take for granted our expertise and we just think, well, everybody thinks that, but yet we are constantly indoctrinated from So many different sources: the gym, the social media, our friend next door, our doctor, people who don't even have the certifications and education and expertise that you do, but they have perceived authority, right? So this is goes back to what I was saying a little bit earlier: is that your authority is not a reflection of your expertise. How many times people come and they, you know, have that white jacket, they get automatic authority, but they don't have as much nutrition, you know, understanding as perhaps a registered dietitian or, or you. Okay. So all that to say, it was a great reminder that a, we are not as inundated as people say we are, and yet we still have Conflicting information that people struggle to navigate, otherwise, they wouldn't be in a problem. And then, three, what is is to a client and we always often.
0: Awesome. So, one of the next things that I was thinking about as I was sort of reflecting on this episode was dealing with like time management. Like, when we feel like we are incredibly busy. A, have you ever encountered a time when you felt like you were doing everything that you could, but nothing was working? And B, what were the action steps that you took to maybe audit your time or kind of reroute how you how you spent your time?
1: Okay, I'm going to answer that question. It's a very good question. I also, something else came to me about the previous question about something else that changed my perspective. That's worth noting. And then I'm going to go into this question, but sometimes I have interviewed people on the podcast that I disagree with their opinion, that not, it's not just my way, all roads lead to Rome and that I'm not, I, it's not just my way. I'm not here to be right. I'm here to get results and not everyone is for everyone. And that's a good thing. Okay. So that's my final thought on that. Now we're going to talk about time management. Okay. So there's a couple things. The first thing I'll tell my clients when oftentimes, and this is me too. Okay. So I'm also a huge believer that like attracts like. And so when you're looking at your client roster, when you're looking at who you surround yourself by, they are oftentimes a reflection of either you now or you at some point or, or some components of you that still need to be integrated. Okay. And so what happens is I used to operate from this place and I'm just going to speak for me because I know there's lots of, a lot of my clients sometimes still feel this way where they are operating from this, like, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. And they're in this perpetual story of like, I'm working so hard and nothing's working. I'm working so hard and nothing's working. Okay. And so what I want to reflect back to you, if that's you, and you're listening to this and you're saying, and you're noticing that this is the language that's in your mind. Okay. The first thing I'm going to say to you is the mental load of what you're experiencing and what you're, and what you are fueling is oftentimes the most expensive. And it's where you are actually leaking your personal power. Because the difference between the people who are successful versus the people who continue to struggle is not the strategy. It's oftentimes not even the circumstances, meaning everyone starts and has different levels of accessibility and different access to skill acquisition, different levels of speed when it comes to skill acquisition. And I'm not here to tell you that any of that is fair or right. I am here though to say that it is what it is. And you're either going to fuel your fears and fuel your your problems or possibilities. It's this concept of you can have your dreams or you can have your reasons, but you often you often cannot have them both at the same time. Okay. So I want to just acknowledge and validate that if you do feel that stress then it's very real anyone tell you that it's that it's not real and that they that oh it's just a choice and you can blah 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 none of that is is you know that some people call that you know toxic positivity or relentless positivity and then we start thinking oh my gosh if I have one bad thought or one bad feeling then I'm going to you know. Just, you know, live in. I'm going to manifest failure, right? Well, that's like saying, Hey, I'm going to manifest a tiger and then a tiger popping up in my room right now. And you just know that that's not going to happen. Okay. Oh my gosh, look, there's a tiger. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just kidding. Okay. But you really do have to ask yourself, What are you primarily fueling? Where's your attention? Okay. How many times a day? I just can't do it. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Because that's what you're feeling. And if you want to know what you're feeling, ask yourself how you feel. Do you feel like, oh, man, okay, I can do it? Or do you feel like, oh, I'm never going to be able to do it? And it's not that it's bad. It's just you need to be honest about the truth about where you're at. Okay, that's number two. Number three, once I know that and I've identified that and I continue to to uh, shift out of that, right? So meaning that that I get to choose I get to choose my thought. I talked about this earlier, right? The thought fuels the feeling and the feeling will also fuel the thought. Well, for me, I get to choose, I can change my thought. I am the creator of my thoughts. So change it. When you, I, I forget who say, said it. Was it Wayne Dyer who said that, like, when you change the way, you know, when you, when you change the way you look at things, the world around you changes. Right. So, so I get to change that. Okay. So that's number, that's number two. Okay. Is what is, or, you know, what is the emotional expenditure that I am spending out and putting out into the world? Because if I'm trying to protect myself by like going into every call thinking, oh, no one's going to buy, what do you think you are subconsciously putting out into the world? Yeah, I know it's coming from a place of, of, you know, I want to protect myself, but when you operate knowing that there's an protect you. You don't need protection. You have your boundaries for how people can connect and communicate with you, but you don't need protection. You just need to show up and invite people to say yes to themselves. That's it. Okay. So once I've kind of identified that, then I'm going to identify my constraints. What are my constraints? So for me, here's my constraints. I, my kids, well, first of all, my husband works 80 hours a week. I mean, he goes to work And then I don't see him for four days. So I'm essentially just me and and two kids, okay? And so I have 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. every single day of focused, uninterrupted kid time to work. That is my constraint. So that's where I put all my coaching calls, all my sales calls, all my trainings are within there. That's my constraint. And so I want you to identify what your constraints are. Okay. So when you know what you have, then we're going to do a time audit, just like you would have your client do a food audit, whether they're counting calories or not. We cannot change what we are not present to. So get present to what it is that you are doing. Every single day, 15 minutes, write out the tasks. What are you doing? And then we need to Eisenhower it, mean Eisenhower box it. Meaning we need to prioritize and identify what needs to be delegated, automated, or deleted. At least deleted for now. And then prioritize the tasks that are actually gonna move the dial to building the business. Working on your about me page. And working on your sales pages and working on your landing pages, that's not gonna be what generates money. I sell a ten thousand dollar program without a sales page. That's not what's generating revenue in your business. My seven dollar program has a way better, more fancy web you know web page or sales page rather than my ten thousand dollar program. Okay. So people get bogged down in the weeds and in the details that are actually working in the business, not on the business. I think I said that right. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: So That ties into something else that I think comes up for a lot of people. And it seems that no matter how often that they hear it, it still bothers them. And that is their social media presence or like the size of their audience. And they're thinking like they can't do something because maybe they have 70 followers or they can't do something because they don't have a thousand followers. And I know that they can do things and you know that they can do things. But how can you kind of make it clear for them that they're ready to to start their business or work on their business where they at where they are at right now with their with their presence online.
1: Okay. So there's two things at play here. Okay. And I'll I'll share a personal story because I I too have experienced this. Okay. And the first thing is that what happens when I hear things like that is that we're operating from a misconception that if I don't have followers, I can't make money. If I'm trying to build online. Okay. But that's like saying, I am going to fill up this bathtub of water without plugging in the drain. Okay. And then why is the bathtub not filling up? Okay. Most people are focusing on popularity metrics and not the profitability metrics. You cannot take likes, comments, shares, and all those things that people say online to the bank. I can't go to the bank and be like, hmm, I want to deposit my 36 likes on my reel today. No, that's that's not what gets you paid. Okay. This is also why I have such a like thorn in my side about bill to know like and trust. Because what people are really talking about is the ladder of believability. But what happens to so many heart-centered smart coaches who really don't want to who really don't want to hurt people and harm people is they're like, let me just get you to like me. And then maybe if you like me enough, then you'll buy from me. And that's just not how people make a buying decision. And if you don't believe me, I want you to look at whatever device that you're listening to right now, whether it's your computer or your phone, and tell me who's the CEO. And even if you do know, does whether or not Tim Cook eat tacos on Tuesday, did that influence your buying decision? Probably not. And that cost you multiple thousands of dollars. And if you're like, well, I knew that it was Tim Cook. And I also knew that it's Steve Jobs that founded the company. Okay. So then tell me, what is Apple's mission statement? Do you know that? Probably not. Okay. So it's just not how people are making a buying decision. And yet we but so much focus and emphasis is a, on building these deep relationships. And I'm not saying relationships don't matter, okay? So don't twist my words here. They do matter, just not to the extent that people think needs is needed to, to run a profitable business. Half the time, people will, will purchase products all the time and have no idea who works there, no idea who the CEO is. Like That's just not how we make buying decisions, even from personal brands. Look at Nike, who's the CEO. Okay, so with that said, okay, with that said, what we really are looking at, because you asked me, well, what you know, what are the profitable metrics versus the, the popularity metrics? Because when someone comes into my world, we have to set up the back end. This is that fulfillment leverage system. This is that hybrid sales system. This is that 80-20 rule that we were talking about. And so and and we do need to connect with our, our audience. We connect with authenticity. We connect with a deep desire to serve and we value what we bring to the market space. And you get to be paid for the value you bring to the market space. And you are not your job. You are not defined by, and your worth is not defined by what you do. Because if you are operating from there, you will never feel fulfilled and it will never be enough. Speaking from someone who saw 40 grand in her bank account, I got down on my knees and started bawling because I thought, when will it ever be enough? Because if you can't handle what's happening right now as you go after 2K, 10K, what is causing you to think that you're going to be able to handle it when you hit 100K or 100,000 followers? Okay. (laughs) And so when people come to me and they say, listen, and this has happened to me multiple times, I take screenshots of it so that I can demonstrate and show my clients this, which is, you know, why should, I I don't want to be rude or mean, but why should I believe you? You have 2,000 followers. And I'm like, well, you're looking at wrong numbers. Why don't you look at my bank account? Okay. So that's number two. Uh, And, but, and, you know, then people will ask, well, when does it matter? Well, it matters when you're getting into the scaling component, but your audience and people who are potential customers are not a reflection of your followers. Okay. Your audience is combined by your network, who you have access to. You get to borrow authority. Think about your referrals. This is why collaborations can be so powerful. Borrow audiences. You could borrow, you could borrow other people's money to invest in your business so that you can have your work leveraged for you, like meaning, you know, paid lead acquisitions, which is what we teach. And then you have you have, you know, your email list, your listeners, your podcast. Pe- people are listening to me blah, 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 every single day. And I'm not and listening to me going blah, 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 all day long.
0: Well, I mean, you know? there, there is. So, so- um, one thing that I'm noticing as we're recording is just a little bit of a lag. So, if people notice any lag, Zoom has given us some trouble. But the thing that sort of stands out to me, like a, just how people can often get it twisted as to like you can be successful despite how it looks on social media, and a lot of people defiantly are and just be like the importance of like we it's it's good to build relationships but we don't have to be like everybody's cup of tea to be successful and that doesn't mean to go out and be a cruel unkind person but it does mean that like we do have to get clear on our messaging and understand what our offer is and just be concise about it all so one of the things oh go ahead
1: I was just going to say that the, the reason why I think I take a stand for this so much is because I think that like building deep relationships with people is, is damaging to people who are people pleasers, who really live their life to please other people at the expense of themselves. And that's like trying to pour from an empty cup. That's like trying to help your kids on the airplane without having your air oxygen oxygen mask on first. And I'm passionate about helping those people stand up for themselves because that used to be me. And it was like, if I could just prove my worth by, by offering so much value, then, then they'll want me. And that's just not true. And, and in addition, it, you know, it's always like, haven't you ever noticed that you could look out the space and people Authority and they're just less expert than you are. And you're wondering what do they have that I don't? They have conviction. They're not, they're not asking for approval or seeking that attention because they get that from themselves. And then this is like beginner's luck explained is they don't know what they don't know. So they come out with this energy of I'm an expert. I'm an authority. I'm the world's leading authority in this because I was born with a six pack. Right. So I think that's why I'm so adamant about, about that you know statement and i also think that you know the other thing too that i want to remind you is that we get caught up in those types of pro- in those metrics and i told you i would tell you a, a story for myself cuz me too i my instagram was 17000 followers and i decided to start a new one and that was a really hard thing for me cuz i too had those feelings of why is anybody going to believe me because i'm this You know, I have 200 followers telling you how to grow on Instagram. And I really shied away from my expertise of communicating offers to the right people at the right time. So you're not alone at at every level. And we make multiple six figures. Our business brings in multiple six figures and we're on our way to seven and we, we have 2000 followers. Okay. And the other thing too, that I want to say is to remind you that, that people, that those are people human beings on the other side of that. So have you ever stood in a room and spoke in front of 2000 people before? I have, but 30,000? 40,000? This is your this is your stage. And likely, if you are really looking at the revenue numbers that you want to make, you don't need thousands of people. You probably need 10 to 100, maybe a 1, thousand if you're trying to hit 10 million. But those people are already there because there are people on the other side of those profiles
0: absolutely and i mean if nobody has ever tried like the whole like visualization of what that volume of people looks like like it's a stadium of people or it's like a conference center worth of people and it really reframes things when a person has like maybe 900 followers and they see what 900 people look like and maybe they're looking at like How many people engage with their posts and they imagine 15 people following them around, everything that they do, everything that they say, liking it. So I think that's an important thing for people. To keep us on track for time, I have one more question for you. We're heading into a new year, 2024. I know that you are a very structured, planning, goal-oriented person. But with that said, what are the steps that you take to prepare for a fresh new year?
1: I love that. I love that you're asking me this too because I am getting ready for the accelerators, and I think I haven't talked to you about it. yet. I'm going to. I think I'm going to ask my Formula people to come and do a goal setting, intention setting workshop on the 29th of December, so that we can like really set up for success. Now, some of my accelerators they get one on one, so some of them we've already done, but I think it's important before we even go into the profit planning. I really think it's it's three steps. And I'm gonna carry you so accelerators get excited. I'm gonna carry you through these three these these three steps to actually hitting the goals. Okay. Because I think what happens to a lot of people, this happens to your clients when they they are trying to, you know, change their behavior. We have to look at humans and how we actually function. And I got this from an adaptation. Of the log- logical level by Gregory Bateson, which was later to later adapted by, uh, ooh, I always get them confused, but NLP founders, I always get Robert Diltz and Richard Bantler mixed up But and there's another guy. But anyway, the founders of NLP, okay, they've adapted this to make this a pyramid. But what I have recognized is that it's really a loop and it's a circle, a vicious cycle or a virtuous cycle where people take action. So there is behavior, and then their behavior, and it comes from their skill level and their belief. And then they take action, and then their action produces an outcome. The outcome will have an effect, a feeling, and then, the, and then it will be presented in their, in their, and then people will make a meaning out of it. And, and then it will be presented in their external environment, which only fuels the core belief, and they shift into identity. And there's a vicious cycle and a virtuous cycle, okay? So what that would look like in a vicious cycle is let's take healthy and fit. Because, you know, new year, new new you, right? Like they have this core belief that it's not possible for them to lose weight no matter what it is that they do based on their skill level, their thought. They're like, no, no, I'm going to change that. So they take action. I'm going to do Keto and then they do keto and then the outcome that they get is like they lose weight but then they gain it all back and more and so they feel like trash they just I'm like i'm a lo- they they feel like absolute garbage about you know i just i i this i am not sleeping i'm like all these tangible feelings of what the of what the outcome produced So then they make it mean something. Oh, that means I'm not disciplined enough. That means I'll always be fat. This means I'll never be able to get into shape. This means that keto doesn't work. Or maybe I didn't do keto hard enough. And then they look in their external environment. See, because my clothes don't fit and it fit the first time. See, oh, Sally's doing keto and it worked for Sally. So it must be me. I'm the problem. So this means that I'm just never going to be healthy and fit. And they repeat this vicious cycle over and over and over again. So the reason why people keep falling off the wagon is because they're not shifting their identity. They're trying to change one component of the vicious cycle without looking at the entire cycle. And then they stay there, okay? We do this as well. We are all humans do this. It doesn't matter. We're human having a human experience and we all do this. And I see this, people do this inside their business, okay? Okay. So, so what we're going to do is the first thing we have to do. And so it's kind of like this experience of evidence is a double-edged sword because we get this informed pessimism because of our actions and outcomes and meanings that we've made. And then if we stay here, we're going to stay in this vicious cycle and run the risk of being in the valley of despair. And the only way out is through. So, so we have to press that reset button. Every moment is a new opportunity to shift your perspective and your identity. Can you go outside right now and point y- yesterday to me? Where's yesterday? I'm looking for yesterday and I'm looking outside. Can you show it to me? No, it doesn't exist. Can you show me tomorrow? No, it doesn't exist. The only thing that exists is now, right now. So what we're gonna do is the first thing is we need to close out 2023. So we have to write out all the wins and all the things perceived failures, all the things that didn't go well, and we need to, to alchemize that. That's gonna be step one, okay? And then step two is that everything is rooted in a vision. You know, when you go back and you look at any any spiritual text, any ancient text, whether it doesn't matter your religion, it does, none of that matters, but all of you, everywhere that you can point is, you know, you're going to hear spiritual teachers, Buddhists, Jesus, Confucius, it doesn't matter, all talk about without vision, they'll perish. And so if your dream and your goal is not rooted in a vision, then what makes you think you're going to do it? You're not. Because you, you just won't. So what is the vision? So then we need to get clear on what the vision is and then we have to put it in our body audio in our in our in our kinesthetically and and visually So that we're always pointing towards that north star for the entire year. And then step three, we can profit plan. Because if we try to profit plan without the vision and without alchemizing it, then you're just going to end up being in a perpetual loop over and over and over again and running the risk of making emotional decisions instead of data-driven decisions. And as you begin to scale, your team needs the vision. They need the reason because people are not working for money. They're working for the vision. Did that answer uh, the question?
0: That was profound. And I think that's a perfect way to wrap up the episode. Are there any parting words that you'd like to leave with your listeners on this, the 300th episode of the PT Profit Podcast?
1: You know, I think for me, as we're going into 2024 and as we're starting to grow our visibility and, and you know, helping more people, it, it has been very powerful. For me, when people slide into my DMs and they're like, I love this episode. This is so good. You know, it really helps fuel us to know that what we are putting out there for you is serving you. And and while it feels like I don't want to bother her, I don't want to bug bug us, it really helps us help you and help more people. So share with us your big takeaways, things that you want us to go deeper on. And listen, if something came up for you and listening to this episode, like let's look at it. Let's talk about it because those are your oppor- those are your mirrors. Those are your opportunity to really look at yourself and look at you know, ways that you can grow as you're going into 2024. And as always do us a favor, leave us five stars, give us a quick review. This helps us help more people.